Hello and welcome back to our daily devotional podcast. Let me begin with a question. Have you ever been disillusioned or traumatized by sharp disagreements in church, fightings, quarreling, even splits in the church? Well, here was one very sad, in this story was one very sad separation of two best friends, two missionaries who are working so closely together. And there is so much we can learn from this. And so let's turn to Acts chapter 15. We shall read from verse 36 to 41. Acts 15, 36 to 41. Let us pray. Father, speak your truth and your peace to us that even in our zeal and our love for you, in our service for you, we may understand the power of human frailty, and yet we may also understand your sovereignty among us. Teach us then, Lord, to have hope in you, to know that in all circumstances, you make all things beautiful in in its time. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Acts chapter 15, verse 36. And after some days, Paul said to Barnabas, Let us return and visit the brothers in every city where we proclaim the word of the Lord and see how they are. Now Barnabas wanted to take with them John called Mark. But Paul thought best not to take with them one who had withdrawn from them in Pamphylia and had not gone with them to the work. And there arose a sharp disagreement so that they separated from each other. Barnabas took Mark with him and sailed away to Cyprus. But Paul chose Silas and departed, having been commended by the brothers to the grace of the Lord. And he went through Syria and Cilicia, strengthening the churches. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. This was one of the lowest moments in the early history of the church recorded in Acts. We saw... People die, Stephen stoned to death, martyred. We saw other tragedies, and yet this was a greater tragedy perhaps, because here were two best friends who parted over a third person, who were unable to find a mid-ground. Remember that Barnabas was the one who took Saul to see the apostles. When Saul went to Jerusalem, The disciples were terrified of him. It was only Barnabas who believed, who had heard his story, who believed the story, and and led Saul by the hand to see the apostles. It was a real big risk for Barnabas to do that. He could have led a lion into the, a fox into the hen's roost. He was, he could have led the worst enemy of Christianity into the heart of Christianity. He could have, by this act of compassion, act of encouragement, have destroyed the whole Christian movement. Nonetheless, such was Barnabas, a man so full of the Spirit, so full of kindness, the son of encouragement. He risked all that and he took Saul and brought him to the apostles. And thereafter, they became firm friends. When there was news that there was a disagreement in Antioch between the Christians 
between the Gentile converts and the Jewish converts, Barnabas and Saul went together to Antioch. In fact, at one point, when Saul was in Antioch, Barnabas was also sent to look for, look for Saul in Antioch. And then they returned together to Jerusalem, together with John Mark. Barnabas and Paul preached together, performed miracles together, taught together, persuaded elders about salvation to Gentiles together. They were one unit. They were the closest of friends. And then the split took place. What happened was that Paul had suggested to Barnabas to visit all the places that they had preached before to encourage the church. And Barnabas wanted to bring John Mark along. But Paul was very adamant that they should not do that. Why? Because for some reason, John Mark had deserted, deserted Paul and Barnabas midway in their journey, in the missionary journey, and had returned to Jerusalem. We don't know why he did that. Perhaps he was overwhelmed by the rebellion, overwhelmed by the rejection, by the persecution. Or perhaps he was offended by the fact that many of the Gentile Christians were not circumcised, were not following Jewish traditions. We don't know why. The fact is that John Mark deserted Paul and Barnabas and went back to Jerusalem first. And so Paul did not want to bring John Mark with him. Barnabas was equally insistent and Barnabas insisted that John Paul, John, Mark, uh, John Mark follow them. And so over this issue, they split. Now when we sit back and look at it, it seemed as though the split would have been inevitable because Paul was so adamant about not having John Mark. And he had good reason for that. In a dangerous mission like this, going from city to city, risking persecution, risking death, risking plots by evil people, one could not afford to have a deserter follow them. Paul was very clear. He was zealous and he wanted high standards. To him, the ones who could go and do this work had to be those who would lay down their lives, who would be those who dared to do this work. And the deserter could not be trusted to do that. Barnabas, on the other hand, was a man of encouragement, a son of encouragement. He always looked for the underdog. And here was, again, his very much in character with him, that he wanted to give John Mark a second chance. And so he insisted. Now, when you look at it, then it, it seemed like an impossible situation. In the first place, it seemed almost trivial, just over one man. And yet, it was inevitable. Because there was no way that Paul, with his high standards of his insistence on zeal and sacrifice, could have taken someone like John Mark back to the old mission fields where there was danger, where there was um, that needed so much sacrifice. There was absolutely no way Paul could have done that in his state. But then, there was also absolutely no way that Barnabas could just desert um, John Mark 
just because he had made a mistake. How would it have been had Barnabas said to John Mark, okay, sorry, you stay behind, you failed the first time, no more chances, I will go with Paul alone. That would have gone so much against his character. He would have hurt, it would have hurt him so much to have left John Mark behind simply because John Mark could not have a second chance. And so this split seemed almost inevitable. And eventually, Paul took Silas, went to Cilicia. Barnabas took John Mark and went to Cyprus. Almost literally opposite directions and they left. But perhaps what was more painful for Barnabas is that it seems the church, the apostles, laid hands on Paul and Silas and prayed for them and sent them on their way. It simply says that Barnabas took John Mark and they left, almost as though they were sent off without warmth, without prayer. It must have been very painful for Barnabas. Barnabas would have felt in his heart, what is this all about? Paul came, became what, who, who he is because I took Paul to see the apostles. I stood by him. I protected him. I vouched for him. If not for me, Paul would not have been the missionary that he is today. And why then is Paul getting all the prayer, all the support? Why is he mentioned again and again as though he is a hero of this? When I, Barnabas, was the one who was kind. It would have been very painful for Barnabas. But the good news is that we see later on that they changed, everyone changed. First of all, as we read the letters, Paul's epistles in the later days, we can sense a change of his attitude, the softening of his, his stance. Paul at one point talked about him discovering how weak he was when he said, In my weakness, there I know God's strength. It was as though Paul began to discover that he was not that zealous, strong, unyielding man that he wanted to be, but that he had begun to change to mellow. We see then that in the end, Mark became a close companion of Paul's. In Colossians chapter 4, verse 10, Paul writes that Mark John, John Mark, who was a cousin of Barnabas, worked closely with him. So now we know that John Mark was actually Barnabas's nephew or cousin and that he was close to Paul again. But the most beautiful part of this was in 2 Timothy when Paul was in Rome about to be executed, lonely, broken, almost ill. And he was writing a final letter to Timothy, his beloved, telling him how lonely he was, how how he longed for the fellowship. And in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 11, he said to Timothy, Bring Mark, for he is very useful to me in the gospel. Here was Paul longing for John Mark. We don't know when they reconciled. What we know is that at one, at one point, John Mark became a very close ally with Paul once again. And I suspect so did Barnabas. But John Mark would have changed a lot as well. 
John Mark, who had initially deserted the mission and gone back, now was willing to even go to Rome and risk his life that he might be a companion to Paul. What are some lessons that we learn from this? First, that we take time to grow. I suspect that Saul had matured, Paul matured a lot over the years. In his initial zeal and setting of high standards, almost pharisaical self-righteousness, in fact, he was a hard man. He had been changed by God, but it takes time for the changes to take place. John Mark himself probably changed from one who was overwhelmed by persecution to one who was willing to do anything for the sake of the gospel and also for the sake of his beloved mentor, Paul. So the first lesson we need to learn is that we are not perfect. That at any stage in our lives, we are not perfect. You know, it is a big problem for many of us because when we look at Christian leaders fight, we often say, what a bad example. Christians also fight. Christians also behave like that, so immature. Why are they always involved in politics? I think it's necessary for us to pause and to realise that each of us is work in progress. Each of us is far from perfection. And we, in our imperfection, we hold on very tightly to the things that we believe are right. And we may well be wrong. But God takes time to transform us. Secondly then, that it's because of our imperfections, splits, quarrels, sharp disagreements are a part of our lives. And we need not be afraid of this. I mean, sure that we're traumatised very often. How many people have been traumatised by fights among Christians when we get really fierce and sharp in our disagreements. But we need to know that being human, this is very much a part of our lives. But what we see from this story too is that even then, God's mission was not destroyed. In fact, it was multiplied because Barnabas and John Mark went one direction, Paul and Silas went another direction. The ministry was doubled. I'm sure God hadn't, hadn't intended for this sharp disagreement. But God also knew that these things would happen and he redeemed even the disagreements and allowed it to happen that the gospel may continue to prosper. But third, even in our great disagreement, there must be a sense of respect for one another. You see, when we look back in hindsight, neither Barnabas nor Paul were wrong. Paul may have been a bit immature, but he was right in insisting that only the best, only the bravest, only the surrendered lives could go on missionary trips like this. But Barnabas was also right that each person needs to be given second and third and fourth chances. And because he believed in John Mark, John Mark eventually grew to be a man whom Paul could find worthy to be his companion. John Mark grew, Paul grew. And neither Barnabas nor Paul were wrong in that sense. 
I think one of the things about disagreements, even sharp disagreements, even at times when people have to leave the church or even start a new church or split the church, is that there must be a sense of respect for each other. To know that though the disagreements be so sharp, we loved God and we love God. You know, I the other day I was just, just very recently, just a few days ago, I was waxing nostalgic. And I began to reminisce on various ministries that I observed, the various ministries that I was involved in. Been a pastor for 28 years and it's been a long time and I saw, what I saw were friendships, strong friendships at one time. Breaking of friendships, parting of closest friends. I saw little ministries grow so much promise only to fall apart. And sometimes the parties wondering if they had wasted all their time serving together. And I'd say, no, it was not wasted. Was this displeasing to God? Well, God is sad because of this. But God also knows that in the state, in our present state of immaturity, these things were bound to happen. We would find no middle ground because we would be so firm in our convictions in believing that what we decide on is correct. But what we need is to have deep respect for each other and for the other person whom we disagree with strongly. And perhaps then with the deep respect there may be some affection. It's hard to imagine how John, Paul could, John, John Mark could have been such a close ally to Paul that Paul could say, for he is useful to me in the gospel. Bring him to tell Timothy, bring him to me. Unless we recognize that even as Paul rejected John Mark, and even though John Mark was rejected by Paul and left to Barnabas, there was affection between the two of them that allowed them to come back together to be reconciled and to work very closely together. As I looked at my ministry, I realized then that there have been so many times when we have had great disagreements. And I realized too that often they are inevitable. Because what we, in our, in our state of immaturity, believe it to be God speaking to us, God's will, may be very much seen through the filters of our immaturity. Let me give you a very personal um, illustration. See, I'm very much more a Barnabas. I believe in giving second, third, fourth chances. And I'm very slow in making quick movements because I believe in relationship, building of relationship. But my leaders in my previous church, they were very God-fearing, God-loving. But they were also people who were working much faster. Most of them were leaders in corporations. And they believed in speed and immediacy and firm decisions. I didn't. I believed that there should be consensus. I believed that every decision should have great buy-in. They thought firmly that it was necessary to just make the decision and move. And so I know how frustrated they were with me because I had scuttled many decisions there was one a survey, the late one of the latest was a survey that we wanted to bring the church to. 
and by the when I looked at the questions that had come out, I said there's no way we can have such questions because they were they would dampen and discourage the members. They thought that my leaders thought that I was just scared of resistance. Actually, I wasn't. I was scared of myself offending and hurting the young ones who might be caused to stumble. I believed that I was right and I was very firm about it. They believed that God was speaking to them. They were firm as well. In the end, of course, they deferred to me because I was a PIC, but I knew their frustration. I saw them aching to see me take action and move or to leave the church. Neither of us asked to leave. I didn't ask to leave the church. They didn't ask for me to leave the church, but eventually I did part. But even in our parting, I have deep affection for these leaders. I know that they are the most God-fearing and God-loving people. And I have the deepest respect for them. The only thing is, in my present state and in their present state, I thought it was close to impossible to work together. They needed the church to grow and to take firm action. I wanted peace in the church and gentleness to the members. And this often happens in many situations. Perhaps not in big fights the way Paul and Barnabas had. But often we find ourselves, find it impossible to work with another group because of our big personality differences and because of our state of immaturity. And I take it that it is alright. I left Barker with great love for the leaders and for the church, though I knew that it was my time to go because they needed stronger leadership. And that is fine. I know then that when we meet each other, we will still embrace because we have deep affection for each other. Though I know too that I probably will not be able at this point to be the PIC again. And that's okay for all of us. At the end of the day, we respect, we need to respect each other as people who love God and who hear from God, even though it may be distorted by the filters in our minds because of our immaturity. At the end of the day, we know that God is still sovereign and God has his ways of working through our imperfections, just as he did with Paul and Barnabas and John Mark. Shall we pray then? Father, we grieve over our big differences. We grieve because so often our differences seem irreconcilable. It's hard to work with great differences in personalities. One who drives, believes in fast action and firm action. Another who believes in slow, deliberate kindly actions and both of us all of us believe that you are that we are called by you that we are led by you but father we thank you that even in disagreements even in separations you are sovereign that you work your beautiful will in our lives and through us we thank you too that even in our failure, even in our immaturity. You love us. You call us to be brothers and sisters. 
We pray then that we may grow to continue to love one another even when we sharply disagree with each other, even when we find that we can no longer work with one another, that there will still be a bond of affection and love and respect for each other. And then, Lord, to trust the outcome to you, knowing that even in the worst of disagreements, you are sovereign and you let your will be done. We praise and thank you for this. As we pray in Jesus' name, Amen. Well then, I hope that you have a good and blessed day. God bless you and goodbye.